Welcome to the Colonial Church STA podcast. The vision of Colonial Church is to build an exciting, vibrant, Bible-based church right here in the heart of St. Augustine, Florida. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. But hey, we're going to be reading out of Matthew tonight. We're going to be starting Matthew chapter 3. And then we'll be reading through part of chapter 3 into Matthew chapter 4. But we're going to start with the baptism of Jesus. This is John the Baptist, and he goes into the water and he baptizes Jesus. And we're going to read about that. And that's where we're going to start from in verse 13. So starting in verse 13, it says, Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? Jesus replied, Let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this, to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. And at that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. A voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. That is very obvious. I would be hungry too. That is a long time. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus said, It is written. Everyone say, It is written. Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, it is also written, like, hey, in your face, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the earth and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him, and angels came and attended him. Let's pray together. Jesus, we thank you for the power of your word and everything that it holds, Lord, and just pray that tonight we would have a better awareness of your spirit, Jesus, in this place, and that we would leave this place better than the way we came in. But God, I I pray that, that your glory would be revealed through this message, Lord, that it would be your words and not mine, God that you use me as a vessel, and that we would be uplifted in this moment of reading your word. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. So good. Well, hey, if you're taking notes tonight, and as we go deeper into this, this series, What Would Jesus Do? I want to preach a message entitled, It Is Written. It is written, and I'm believing that God is going to encourage us around this this idea of temptation. 
And within the last couple of days, I've been really thinking about this idea of transitioning from the water to the wilderness. Because that's what Jesus does in this passage. Um, it, it reads that right after he's baptized and the Holy Spirit comes upon them in that moment, the Spirit leads him into the wilderness right after this part. So he's going from the water to the wilderness. And in life, you've, you guys have heard me say this in the past, we, we, we always go through life in seasons, right? Seasons, sometimes mountaintops, sometimes valleys. They're bound to happen. In our valley seasons, we are sometimes going to be tempted and our faith will be tested. But we have a God that will help us push through every circumstance, no matter what the season is, no matter what it looks like. And our church had an amazing opportunity to go to Savannah this past week, and we went to our staff retreat, and I was super encouraged by um, the guest speakers that were there. They're both pastors from NYC, C3 NYC, and it was Pastor Josh Kelsey and... um, it was Pastor Fillmore, which is their youth pastor. And those guys were amazing. They encouraged us and uplifted us and talked about leadership and, and ministry and real things that occur in ministry. And one thing that I really loved was the last session. It was a, it was a Q&A. We were able to ask questions. And someone asked, how do you maintain your health in ministry? How do you stay healthy in ministry? How do you not take on the weight of others in ministry, but still love them where they're at and be there for them and so on. And I will never forget what Pastor Josh said. I loved it. And he said, when I'm having a bad day, when I feel like I'm in a wilderness season, I feel like I'm not at my best, I hide in God. It's simple, but so powerful hiding God and we were talking about the hiding place last week and the hiding place is where you can find shelter when things get rough when you're feeling like you're not at your best when you're not a hundred percent and he went into explaining this analogy when you check the forecast and and you see that hurricane is coming you don't go outside and just brave the storm and you know what it's just gonna I'm just gonna let it take me out now, you don't go out into your front lawn, right, when you know a hurricane's coming. What do you do? You, you go back inside, right? You find shelter. You, you go lay in your bed, hang out. Maybe the power's out, light a couple candles, and just hang out. But he says, when I'm not at my best, or I'm not having a good day, I go inside, and I hide in God. Go into my house, I wait for the storm to pass, And then after I come out, and if there's debris, we'll clean up the pieces, but at least it didn't take me out completely. And I'm sure to him it didn't really seem like a very big analogy or life-changing analogy, but for me it was. And I think we can relate that to the moments that we feel tempted. When we feel like we're not at our best, when we feel like we're in a wilderness season, and we're being tempted, we can actually hide in God. We can actually go in, find shelter, and rest in God's Spirit. And in this, in this passage, I, I really love the transition, again, the, between the water and the wilderness. And I, I, I find encouragement because 
the Holy Spirit was with him the whole time. The Holy Spirit didn't leave Jesus when he went into the wilderness, right? So the Spirit actually led him there. But I'm encouraged because the, the Spirit was with him the whole time. I can't even begin to imagine how hard it would be to fast for 40 days and 40 nights, let alone have the enemy right next to you the whole time tempting you. We only read of three temptations, right? But he was there all 40 days with Jesus. And the Spirit of God was still with him. Jesus didn't enter the wilderness by himself. He had the backing of the Holy Spirit. But being in constant community with the Holy Spirit will equip you for the wilderness season. And if you're taking notes, you can write that down. The Holy Spirit will equip you for the wilderness season. If you stay in communion with the Holy Spirit. And tonight, I really would love, as you're taking notes, to write this first point down. So when it comes to temptation in the wilderness... We need to recite in order to resist. We need to recite in order to resist. And I'll explain what I mean. If, if we are in the midst of being tempted by the enemy, we can make the choice to fight with the weapon of truth. We can actually fight with the word. There, I don't know if you're aware of this, but there is a spiritual warfare that's going on, but we have the word of God as a weapon to fight against it. To fight against the lies from the enemy. The, the word is the strongest weapon we have to fight in the wilderness season. When we feel under attack from the enemy, when we feel like temptation is at our doorstep, we can recite the word and resist. But we have to recite first. We have to know the word. And this is even challenging for me. You know, every time I'm around Pastor Bob, I'm like, you guys have heard me talk about him before. I love that man so much because he knows his Bible like the back of his hand. We'll be talking about whatever it is, and he'll just read, you know, he'll just from memory, like recite chapters of the scripture. And I'm just like, I don't know how you do that. But man, I feel challenged to be better, to read more. We have to open up the word and, and recite it when we're in the driest season, when we don't feel like we're at our best, when we're feeling tempted by whatever the world is coming at us with, we can recite the word and resist. Isaiah 54 verse 17 says, No weapon formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue which rises against you in judgment you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. This is a beautiful picture between God and his church that no enemy against the church will advance. Yeah. And the church is filled with who? Us, the people. So every voice that rises against you will be disproved with God involved. Recite the truth because it is important in the midst of temptation. The word is such a powerful weapon. In scripture, we, we read earlier, we see Jesus being tempted. And what stuck out to me is the first temptation that, that Satan throws at him. That threw it. 
he threw it at Jesus. And, and listen what it says in verse 3. It says, The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Like, what a boss response from Jesus. You know what I mean? Like, hashtag drop the mic. Like, hashtag Satan, get at me, bro. Like, I don't need your bread. I don't need to make bread out of stone. That's silly. I don't need to prove anything to you. We can have fun in church, right? But seriously, I want, I want you to hear me tonight. That The tempter is, is saying to Jesus, prove yourself. Show me that you're the son of God. Show me, that, show me yourself. If you claim to be who you say you are, show me. Prove it. I don't think it was coincidence that the tempter was tempting Jesus to make bread out of stone in the midst of his fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. I can't imagine how difficult that would have been. He was hungry. But at the same time, we know that Jesus finds all he will ever need in his heavenly Father. He declares who is truly in power. He doesn't live off bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And also, we know in Scripture that Jesus is actually the bread of life. You hear me tonight? Jesus is actually the bread of life. After Jesus feeding the 5,000, in John 6, verse 35, it says, Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will not go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. So how are you going to tempt me with something I already possess? Jesus could have said that. How, how are you going to tempt me with bread when I, I live off every word from the Father? But I am also the bread of life. Jesus is also the bread of life. Jesus, prove yourself. I don't need to. I'm the bread of life. How are you going to give me something I already have? The enemy's going to do that sometimes. He's going he's gonna to go, oh, well, you can have all of this. You can, you can have popularity. I don't need popularity. I have all that I need. I have God. As my, I'm a friend of God. It could be whatever for you. Whatever it is. He's going to tempt you with things. But you can find anything that will fulfill your life. Anything that's sustainable is in God. Is in God. Not the temptation. Remember who we have access to. The God of heaven and earth. The king over everything. So recite to resist. And secondly, if you're taking notes, resist and the darkness will flee. So it's kind of all one sentence. So recite to resist and then resist and the darkness will flee. So the enemy goes back to tempting him a second time. Asking him, you know, to test God. And then... The last time the enemy tempts him in this passage is in verse 8. And that says, Again, the devil took him to the very high mountain 
a very high mountain, sorry, and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And then this is important, verse 11. Then the devil left him and the angels came and attended him. So he said, away, get away from me. And then he left. He resisted. This part of scripture actually sums up the question of what would Jesus do? Jesus recites scripture and says, it is written. Sometimes we just need to say, it is written. When we feel like we're in a dark place, when we feel like we can't get out of it, out of this wilderness season, we, when we need help, it is written. And then we quote scripture. James 4 verse 7 says, Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. That tells us that God has total dominion over everything. Submit to God and resist the enemy and he will flee. He will leave. The enemy does not have the authority. God does. And that's so important to remember. Now I was walking in into the grocery store, which some of you guys are married, some of you aren't, but it's never a good idea for you to ask your husband to go to the grocery store because usually men will take maybe an extra three and a half hours to go to the grocery store and get groceries. Women are just quicker at it automatically. And, you know, you guys have that gifting on top of many other things. But I was in the grocery store getting like four or five things. And of course, it, it took me like two and a half hours. And uh, I was going to the grocery store. And because of growing up with my mother-in-law being a, a health fanatic, I've grown to just grab an item off the shelf and immediately turn around and look at the nutrition facts. And I immediately I just I look at what's in the product, look at the ingredients, like what's, what's actually in it. Can I actually pronounce everything that's in this? And if I can't, then I just put it back on the shelf and then I leave. But I think it's so easy, and I've been subject to it as well, to just go the easier route and go f get fast food and get junk food because it tastes good, right? Like a big, back, a big Mac with fries tastes good, right? And a Coke. Can I get an amen? Anybody? Yeah, it's good. I haven't had it in a while because it would destroy me now because I've gone years without having McDonald's, but fast food's pretty good. I'm not going to lie. Chick-fil-A, amen, I heard that. <laughs> I heard that, amen. But I was thinking about this whole idea, this whole idea of temptation and then sin, and I was thinking about this analogy where things that taste good aren't always good for you. Junk, junk food, if you look at the back of something that you buy from the store that would be in the category of junk food, a lot of the time it's processed and the ingredients is not good. It's not good for your body, right? I want to put good things in my body. That's why I check the ingredients. And that's much like sin where it's very attractive because it tastes good. There might be a lot of sugar in the junk food. And... Sometimes, because we're human, we take the easier route. We go, ah, I just can't help myself. I'm going to eat some junk food. 
but God is calling us to to actually put things in that are healthy, things that have good ingredients. Every good and perfect thing comes from God. And there's always going to be that temptation, the easier route to grab junk food. But let's, let's grab a hold of the healthy things that will actually build our life, that will actually keep us healthy, mind, body, and spirit. Does anyone hear me tonight? Yeah. Let's pick the right things to where we can actually lean into God more and grow from that. Even when we're in a temptation season, when we're in the wilderness season, we can lean into God and recite the word and resist. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We would love to connect with you. Join us on Sundays at church or visit us at www.colonialchurch.life.